We are continuing in this series on what it might look like to be a purple church. And if you're visiting today, what you're walking into is a church that is trying to not lose who we are, not lose our redness or our blueness, but instead is asking the question of ourselves, how do we function? How do we behave? How do we relate to one another in the midst of what is a very divided world. So we turn to Paul's third chapter in Philippians, which is the letter we're using as the foundation for this sermon, and he's continuing to give them advice on how to relate in a world not unlike ours today, and he says this to them. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I've told you of them often, and now I tell you, even with tears, their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. And we're going to add one verse. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Gracious and loving God, as we continue to feel out this challenge, may you be in the midst of it. May this not be our agenda, but yours. May this not be our doing, but yours. May we not follow our wills, but yours. Give us grace in our steps. And courage. And hope. In Christ's name. Amen. So if I were to promise you a better life in three easy steps, would it pique your interest? Would it make you sit up just a little bit more and maybe bend your ear a little bit forward? 
better life in three easy steps. That is what we want after all, isn't it? A single prayer that will change our heart in an instant. A five-second remedy to make things better. A pill that will take all the pain away forever. That's what we want. We want a new technique, a new method, a new way. And we want it in three easy steps. Better society, a better marriage, a better relationship, a better life. We desperately look for the quick fix. It seems to me that the Philippians were facing a similar temptation. And that Paul is advising them on it. The reason I say that is because what isn't inherently obvious in the part of the reading we just read is that after Paul's first visit with the Philippians, not unlike many of the other churches he was serving, after his first visit, other preachers came in with a different message. Many of them were capitalizing on the weakness of others and making a good living at it. And it incensed Paul. They were preaching what he felt like was a distortion to the faith, not just the Christian faith, but the Jewish faith. It offended him on all kinds of levels. They were saying things like, if you do these things, then you will be right with God. If you stick with these things, then your life will immediately improve. They were preaching, many of them, a quick fix faith. So what does Paul do about this? What does he say? Well, he certainly doesn't hold back on his opinion. He shares his opinion. At one point, calls them dogs. He says, their destruction is, their, is the belly. They're, they're focused on earthly things. But he stops short of rallying the troops. He doesn't sound the charge to go hunt them down and step, stamp them out. He may have his position on this issue, but when it comes to people, he holds a different posture. Instead of sounding the horn and gathering them together to go stamp out the others. He instead reminds the Philippians of the very message that he has been offering them all along. He starts off by saying and reminding them that he wants to know Christ. I want to know Christ, he says, in all its fullness. I want to know Christ. He presents it in a way that makes it obvious right off the bat that he's not talking about some, some brief encounter or some five-minute sit-down lunch. He's talking about a goal. He talks about it in terms of a goal, the kind of goal that one spends a lifetime, more than a lifetime, trying to attain. I want to know Christ, he says. It's a life that I'm presenting to you, not a quick fix. I want to know Christ. And then he invites the Philippians to do the same, press on towards the goal, he says. Presenting them 
not with a quick fix, but with a life. And it was hard for the Philippians. It's hard for them to join Paul in this thing that's going to take a lifetime or listen to these other people who say they have a faster way, easier way. Must have been hard. It is hard. Who doesn't want to try a new method, a new technique? When you feel like you're living in a world that's gone mad, it's tempting. Not too long ago, my family saw the blockbuster hit movie, the sequel, The Avengers, The Infinity War. Yes, we are Marvel people. You should know that by now. But the story is quite enticing. The villain, Thanos, a galaxy, you know, a titan in the galaxy or something like that, is convinced that the universe has become overpopulated and needs to be fixed. And the Avengers, and so he seeks out the power to wipe out half the universe at random with the snap of his fingers. And so, of course, the Avengers, the heroes, are trying to stop him from doing it. And that's the whole of the movie, basically. They're trying to stop him. He wants the power to wipe out the universe, half of it, in the snap of his fingers to fix the overpopulation. And what's interesting, though, is the goal almost makes sense. You almost see yourself logically buying into it. I mean, the, the temptation to solve all our problems with the snap of a finger, without any requirement from us. It is tempting. It's, it's seductive. In a, one of the more chilling lines, Thanos is talking to his daughter. His daughter. He kidnapped her from another planet. That's a whole other story. He's talking to his daughter, and with great conviction, he looks at her and he says, the universe needs correcting, and I'm the only one with the will to do it. Quite often, evil shows up disguised as a solution to all our problems with little effort required of us. It preys on our anxious desire for the quick fix. Had to be hard for the Philippians. It is hard. In his book that I've been using for this series, A Failure of Nerve by Edwin Friedman, Friedman talks about the relationship between motivation and our tolerance for pain. So when we're anxious, we often become less motivated 
paralyzed, in fact, and when we're less motivated, our tolerance for pain goes down. He says when we're less motivated, we have a lower tolerance for pain. When we're more motivated, we're more willing to endure some pain. He gives an example. He says, I was working with a CEO one time who observed this about himself, and he shared this with me. He says, I realized something about myself, and he wrote this thing down and gave it to me, and it said, I I used to be a stamp collector, an avid stamp collector. I was just passionate about stamps, you know, which I don't understand, but, um, but he was passionate about stamps. And every 10 years, there was this international stamp exhibition. You know, it was a stamp nerd paradise. And I never missed it, never missed it, except there was this one year, though, that the exhibition was coming up, and I banged up my knee really bad, and I had to have a cast, and I was all the way up to my hip, and I had this crutch, and it, it hurt. I mean, it was just in pain, and it was just, you know, but I wasn't going to let that stop me. So I, I went on the 150-mile trek on, on a train, and then, you know, no matter how it felt, I just kept going. I hobbled in and out of cabs to get there. I stood in the lobby, pressed up against a thousand other people, waiting anxiously for the doors to open, and I let the stampede carry me into the room once the doors opened, and then I crouched around for two hours until the exhibition actually started. I was having the time of my life. I wasn't even thinking about how much my knee hurt. And then the first night I returned home, my wife asked me to take out the trash. How could you be so insensitive? Don't you know my knee is killing me? The more motivated we are, the more willing we are to endure the pain it takes to see something through. The less motivated we are, the less willing the less willing we are to deal with the pain it takes to see something through. We look instead at those times for the quick fix. We seek the experts from the outside who will fix it for us. That's why in a society when anxiousness is high, we often talk about new techniques, new methods, some new found quick way that requires little effort on our part. You see it in the Philippians. You see it in our world today. We want the quick fix. The thing is, though, that Paul is not going to let us off the hook so easy. Don't fall for it is what he's saying. Don't listen to these others that come in and preach a fast faith. I'm inviting you into a way of life. Press on toward the goal. There's a line in, the, in there that's one of my favorites. I love this line because I, I think I know what he's getting at. It's this line where he says, let us hold fast to what we have already attained. Let us hold fast to what we've already attained. I love that line. It's as if he is telling the Philippians to stop and look around. Look around. Look at what God has brought together in your church. Look around at what God is already doing. Look around and see what God has already done for us, is doing for us. Let us hold fast to what we have already 
attained. In other words, there's no new technique, no single prayer, no no five-second remedy. There is only life in Christ. And if you look right in front of you, you will see that that life is staring you right in the face. You may think a certain way or believe and have certain positions on certain issues. When it comes to people, when it comes to relationships, well, you may have caught some of the service this week on that was for John McCain. And what caught me, of course, was the wide diversity of speakers. And each one of them, every single one, spoke with great authenticity towards him and great love of him. You don't get that kind of support from so many different kinds of people in different postures and positions on posi- postures and on positions unless you have and hold a certain value towards others. And he clearly had that value. He was read in his politics and read in his positions, but when it came to people, when it came to relationships, he was purple. He was purple. One does not have faith because it makes you feel right or makes you feel immediately better, although you will feel better at times. One has faith because they become committed to a life that has been given to them in Jesus Christ. This is no short-term deal. It's a marathon. It involves lungs burning and hearts pounding and sweat dripping. And it doesn't end lasts a lifetime. The only thing I have to end for you is this. Let us hold fast to what we have already attained. Stop and look around at what God is doing with us. Don't fall for the quick Fix. There is no new technique, no new method, no new five-second remedy. There is only life in Christ. And if you stop for a second and look, you will see that life staring at you in the face. Press on toward the goal. Take the long view when it comes to people, when it comes to relationships. Be a purple church. Amen.